Good morning, folks. This is Dr. Dennis, the Wellness Doc, bringing you all things healthy for your mind, body, and soul. Welcome to my podcast entitled Comprehensive Health and Wellness. We are on site today at Mercer County State Park. Absolutely beautiful. The lake looks like it's completely frozen, but we will not be attempting to go play ice hockey or skate on the lake. Right, Uncle Paulie? Oh, by the way, folks, yes, we are joined by my guest host, the number one requested guest host, Uncle Paulie. What is up, Uncle Paulie? Yo, 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 um, unbelievable, all right? We got another week went by. I hope you guys, you guys had a productive week. You know what I mean? I can't freaking believe it. You know, uh, January is done. We're in February already. And, uh, you know, just want to ask the question, how we doing? How we doing on uh, staying focused on our goals and uh, resolutions for the year? Hey, you know what? If you told me, yo, Uncle Paulie, you know, uh, had a few setbacks, you know? You know what I would say to you, to you and yous? I would say, hey, don't worry about it. The same way God forgives us when we make mistakes or we go off the path, it's the same thing with ourselves. And uh, there was a excellent bodybuilder, uh, I think he was Mr. Universe, uh, Bill Pearl out of uh, Oregon. And I know everybody says it different, Oregon, Oregon, I don't know. But um, I think that's where he's from. And uh, he has a book entitled uh, Getting Stronger. And I love it, towards the back of it, he says the great thing about exercise and our health and working out is that you can always start again. And uh, another quote from uh, Kung Fu Panda, one of our uh, favorite movies, me and the doc. He said, uh, the sensei, all right? He said, hey, every day is a present. I'm sorry, every day is a gift. That's why it's called the present or a present, right? So the past is behind. Unless you got a, a time machine, there ain't any any way to change that. All right, folks. Hey, I'm just uh, keeping it light over here. But uh, all right. So look, I'm sure most of us are, uh, you know, moving forward toward our goals, and uh, especially in the health as- aspect. And uh, uh, here's the thing: like, the more active someone is. Um, the more probability they've had injuries in the past, you know, areas that hurt and they're kind of trying to work through it. And, uh, we're going to get into that today to see what our options are from a, uh, we'll talk about the, the regular options, uh, you know, the, uh, what you would get from, uh, you know, most MDs, uh, versus, uh, you know, the holistic interventions that, um, are also medically based, and um, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. All right, so uh, all right, go ahead, Doc, you're up. All right, folks. So if we had a room here, or if we were doing this uh, virtually, I'd love to see a hundred people raise their hands. Who's very active and who has pain at the same time? And I'm telling you, folks, I would say minimum of ninety out of a hundred. And, uh, 
you know, that's just the way it is, we, and the thing is, as humans, for some reason, we feel that we can bypass pain, uh, we feel that we can focus on not being in pain, and therefore, it leaves, and that's really not the truth, we need to get to the source of the problem, and when we are in discomfort, it leads to um, dysfunction in movement, and that's a problem, so, example, we start compensating, and then that changes our normal movement programs in our brains, because some of us may limp, some of us may be extremely immobile or tight in certain areas, especially the spine, you know, as we age. And so, you know, to to think that, well, if we just, you know, wish it away, it's going to go, that's not really the truth. So let's get into some of the options here. So let's go with the standard uh, options uh, in the medical field. And number one would be you go to a doctor, you go to your primary care physician, you say, okay, my knee hurts or my back hurts or my shoulder hurts. Usually they'll refer you to a specialist. So in in this specific case, it would be an orthopedic specialist. And that orthopedic specialist now may say, well, let's try a cortisone injection. So here's the truth, folks. From a research-based perspective, it is now down to one, one shot per year that is in the safe range because corticosteroids or cortisone here here's the thing does it is it effective are they effective in helping with inflammation of course decreasing inflammation but at the cost of literally if you can envision a whole area just being like exploded like a bomb like if you guys kind of an older movie but Rambo where just everything is annihilated and that's really what happens to the soft tissues um, around the joint the ligaments the tendons the fascia the meniscus it literally does severe damage to it which is why uh, I would say about roughly eight to ten years ago the recommendation on the research was up to three cortisone injections a year now it's down to one so it tells you something about that so here's the truth right let's just say you get one and here here's the variance is is crazy you can get you can feel better not healed you can feel better for six months and then we can work our way backwards you could feel better for a week you could feel better for a day so it literally is putting a band-aid on the problem Number two, if that didn't work for most people, that doesn't work for most people and the condition that's been bothering you, which has been bothering you for a while, the next step may be, may be some type of therapy or chiropractic uh, services, which you're rolling the dice. And here's the truth, folks, is let me ask a quick question. Go ahead, Uncle Paul. I know you want to ask this question. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you guys, all right? So, is every carpenter the same? 
as every other carpenter, even though they have the same uh, carpenter license? Is every doctor the same as every other doctor in their skill set, results, and so on, even though they have the same title? Is every cook the same? They may have gone to the same cooking school and gotten that degree and license. Are they all the same? What's the answer here, folks? No. The answer is a resounding no. Hey, Doc, how do you like that word? Uncle Paulie, I like that word very much. Keep going. You're making a great point here. So the point is, folks, this is where the public gets confused because, you know, they're thinking that an egg is an egg. And here's the problem. When you're hiring someone or someone that takes your insurance, either way, you're still paying in one way or another. You know what I mean, folks? So um, they're not equal. So let's just say hypothetically, Dr. Sam is not equal to Dr. Jane. You know, um, my mechanic Joe is not the same as, you know, Michael. You know what I mean? So this is where I think the public gets really confused because they think they equate and they don't. And this is why you got to do your research, which is why me and the doc strongly recommend our clients and customers to do your research before you go see a doc. Because here's the other thing, folks. You go to an orthopedic surgeon. Hey, let's just be honest with each other. What do they do for a living? They do surgery. So let's look at the statistics on surgery. You want you guys really want to go there, especially with the spine? Do you guys understand that half, half of the surgeries do not go well? Here's the other component, folks. Even if you get a surgery to fix something, so let's just say with the spine you have a a very mobile, you know, um, uh, vertebrae, you know, where it moves a lot. And that's something that I had a lot of athletes actually have that because, um, that allows you to, to move better. But the problem is then you don't have stability there and then you run into a whole host of problems. But, uh, you guys heard of fusion, you know what I mean? And things like this are putting a metal cage in there. Yeah. You're creating stability, but then you're also creating a lot of other problems because then you're leading to, uh, uh, they call it uh, shearing forces, you know, like one thing rubbing up against another. And then, of course, you change the whole dynamics of how you move and each segment of the spine in relation to the program in the brain. I mean, this this gets very, very complex, which is why, you know, that statistic that I just shared with you guys, that's what's out there. You know what I mean? And this is what a lot of surgeons will say. Oh, go get therapy. Well, here's the thing. Is every physical therapist the same? Now, here, here's my caveat to this, folks. Each program, each academic program has very similar criteria, you know, similar areas of study, you know, expertise where you have to show proficiency. But, you know, and, and of course, the licensing, licensing exam, same type of deal. But here's the problem. The licensing exam you're showing proficiency at the highest level or the lowest level. Folks, you know what I mean? It's not the highest level here. So, you know, is one therapist the same as the other? No. So how do you know what you're getting? How do you know how to differentiate? That's that's the problem. So uh, I'm going to hand you back over to Doc because here's a good point that he's going to bring up right now. All right, folks. 
Uncle Paul, you're doing an unbelievable job today, and I'm really fired up because we are nailing all the things that, uh, we're covering all the things that really need to be said. So here's the deal, folks. When you have pain, and we talked about this many times in, in most of the other podcasts, but I'm going to say it again. Do you think you can strengthen something at 100% when there is significant pain present? Come on, folks. This is a no-brainer. So, in essence, if you're going to see a therapist and you have, let's just say you have a rotator cuff problem where there's inflammation in that major tendon, uh, which actually runs uh, across the shoulder blade on the back of your shoulder. That's the main one that's involved uh, in a rotator cuff um, involvement because, again, there's there's differential diagnoses. There's different diagnoses. But let's keep it simple here. So you have severe pain, and how can you strengthen your rotator cuff muscles if pain is present? And now let me add to this. So in the brain, and I've said this many times, things are ranked, just like on Google. I'm going to use that as a prime example, right? Sometimes when you Google something, you know, the first page is usually the most uh, relevant, um, not always the most accurate, but that's a that's a whole nother story, folks. We can talk about that another time. But in the brain, so the signal and the information of pain ranks significantly higher than the uh, activation and involvement of muscles. So, how do we address this? Well, obviously, we need to decrease the pain in order to activate the musculature, which will provide stability. But how do we get there? Well, the other part of this equation is without mobility and flexibility, you can't start strengthening, especially it starts at the core, right? Starts at the core, works our way out. What is the core made up? Well, it's not just the front of the abs. Uh, It's everything from your neck to your hips, Um, on the back of your spine too. And then if you took saran wrap around your whole body, like a mummy, it's all of that. So most people, uh, you know, you see these commercials on TV. It's really a joke because they're, they're, you know, pointing to the front part of the abs, which actually is not the, uh, primary, um, stabilization, uh, for us as humans. Uh, it really involves the spine, uh, much more. And that's a whole nother ranking system. But so at this point, If you're getting surgery, choosing to get surgery, or you do the cortisone injections, um, and the third option for you are pain meds, which are primarily, most of them are opioids. Well, you'd have to be sleeping under a rock if you didn't hear what's going on for the past 10 years where, you know, people are literally becoming addicted, uh, very similar to the way they are to uh, heroin, which is still a huge problem. And again, you are masking the problem. You are not getting to the root cause of the problem. And so how effective is it going to be? Well, in essence, that's why there's a problem because they really don't work very well. They may work temporarily in some cases, but overall, um, if you talk to people, not very effective at all. And, uh, of course it affects your central nervous system, which is your brain and spinal cord where everything that's your central processing center. And, uh, you know, without that, (laughs) you're not alive. You can't breathe. You literally don't have breath folks. So 
you know, if you're if you're taking somebody something that has adverse reactions to something that could be can be responsible for your ability to inhale and exhale, and of course your brain functioning, and it can distort or alter that. Um, do you really want to take it? So, here's the thing, though: most people out there don't know what their options are. So let's go on the uh, holistic side, and I'm going to let um, Uncle Paulie start listing them for you. All right, all right, Uncle Paulie, you're up. All right, yo, Doc, thanks a lot, bro. This is really exciting because uh, both of them, both of us have uh, experienced tremendous injuries in the past, and uh, we don't now. You know, we had to change a lot of things. So I'm just going to touch real quick on this. So what Doc was saying is that when pain is present. You can't take a orthopedic or training or whatever you want to call it approach where you're trying to strengthen muscles, okay? Pain is higher on the list, so you would need to take a neurological approach, which what does that mean? Well, it has to be something that's going to affect initially and create a program in your brain, in your brain, okay? And so... It needs to be very, very different than what most people think. So let me give you an example. And we've said this, but I'm just going to touch on it again. So um, let's go one diagnosis here. Uh, Spinal stenosis. Okay. I'm sure a lot of you out there know what that is. Narrowing of the spinal canal. All right. The spinal canal houses the spinal cord. Without that, you have no movement. Let's talk about this. You know, God rest his soul, Christopher Reeves. Um, we actually had the opportunity of meeting him face to face in Westchester, New York. Uh, oh, probably about, oh, it had to be 15, maybe 15 years ago. Nicest guy in the world. So uh, he did severe damage to his uh, spinal cord uh, very high up on his neck. So that's why he was pretty much paralyzed and, um, you know, really. You know, he really was Superman for what he was able to accomplish after that. But, uh, so here's the thing, folks. Now, you'll say, well, I'm not paralyzed. Okay, but let me ask you this. When you're, when you're walking, are you limping? Are you walking very slow? Do you have pain in your spine where if you try to twist or get in out of your car, that hurts? Um, when you lie down on your back on the bed, does that hurt? Or when you go to get back up? You know what I mean, folks? There's a lot of things here. But let's go back. So spinal stenosis. So number one classic sign of spinal stenosis is pain with standing for prolonged periods of time. Okay. So we're talking about, it varies, you know, with so many people, but if we, if we took like a consensus, you know, most people were talking anywhere from 30 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour. All right. And then with that, which is very common because now we're getting uh, compression on the nerve roots, which supply the nerves, which supply your ability to, to move your legs and stand up and control everything, you know, from the waist down. So if things are starting to be cut off, all right, now you're not getting the signals. So it's very common for people who have spinal st- stenosis to just drop out of midair. And it makes sense because we talk about the connections, right, being interrupted which is also a problem with MS, okay? With MS, here's how it works. Sometimes the information 
will get to the brain, but it'll take a different route, which means it'll be delayed. And this is why uh, a large percentage of people with MS have problems with movement. They have problems with initiating movement, and you don't see many of them, you know, moving very fast. So there's that's the reason is there's a delay. They call that a latency. Okay, that means that the normal speed is is it went down a little bit. Well, not a little bit. Over time, it's less and less. In some cases, um, the transmission, which is the second uh, second scenario, is that it doesn't get to the brain. So then you can't move. All right. And then thirdly, the information can can be transferred, and then it's distorted. So maybe it'll start off. You know, you know that game when you guys, you know, you tell a secret, and then you tell people. By the time it gets to the tenth person, uh, it's not even the same story anymore. That's literally what happens. It it changes, it transforms, and again, it doesn't transform in a good way to something dysfunctional. Uh, we also see this with. Um, other types of neurological conditions, like when someone has a stroke, um, you know, there's varying varying levels of uh, dysfunction, paralysis, uh, weakness, you know, it really, really depends, it's a spectrum, and, um, you know, like I said, spinal cord injury, same type of deal, even with uh, cerebral palsy, unfortunately, unfortunately, these kids are born with it, so, um, the, the dysfunctional patterns are, are there from the beginning. And this is why you'll get, as a hypothetical, you get, you know, when you when they're walking, they'll, sometimes you'll get a misfiring, let's say, of the quadriceps. When the quadriceps should be relaxed, they're firing. And then when the hamstrings should be firing, they're relaxed. So it really changes movement. And I'm just giving you one muscle. But so getting back to all this, you know, so, so what are the options here? Well, Number one, you would need to find somebody that specializes in functional movement and, uh, you know, functional movement systems um, truly as the gold standard for um, testing and screening to identify uh, abnormal movement patterns. And uh, this is all based on um, pediatrics and neurology where as we develop and we talked about this, but, you know, so forgive me if I repeat it again, but it's important. The developmental sequence as humans, okay? As a baby, you go from your back, you're, you're able to roll over to your stomach, right? Then you get on your hands and knees, then you crawl, all right? Then you get in, uh, you know, they call it tall kneeling, right? Two knees on the ground. Uh, then you can do, then you do half kneeling, right? Then walking, usually walking, you know, within a year. And uh, then running, which is, you know, roughly two years. And, and there's more, but that's, you know... So, I would tell you this, folks, that if we took 100 people over 50 years old and try and put them in a half kneeling position or tall kneeling position and do some, uh, you know, some rotation with like a medicine ball or even some uh, PNF pattern, you know, diagonal movements like chopping wood, forget about it, they'd fall on their face. And that, that is true core stability and core strength, not, you know, getting on a machine and doing a freaking crunch, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, 30 pounds. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But again, most people don't know. So this is why too, if you watch, if you truly watch professional level athletes across the board now, this is how they're training. They're training with, with movement patterns that are going to affect multiple systems, multiple muscles, multiple everything at once, cardiovascular system, everything. 
which is how you get true strength. Look at a martial artist. Look at a high-level dancer. Look at a, um, a gymnast, okay? And I brought this up so many times. They are pound for pound the strongest human beings. Um, you know, one of my role models, uh, Bruce Lee, me and the doc, you know, 140 pounds soaking wet, but one of the strongest human beings, one of the fastest, most fluid movements, if you ever watch him, is unbelievable, you know? So how do we change when we have pain? Well, first of all, you have to get someone who's going to be able to screen, take a look at, and really with a, with a very detailed eye, the, the surrounding areas, okay? Because when you have spinal stenosis, you know, it's never one thing. I'll, I'll put money that if we took an x-ray, you got some uh, degeneration in the bones, okay? You definitely have neurological involvement on various, varying levels. If you look at their posture, it's probably not going to be very good. And if we tested them on their ability to walk, true analysis, forget about it. They're going to walk with a wide stance, you know what I mean? They might, they might be uh, leaning forward because the stand-up straight also aggravates the spine. You know, anything in, uh, you know, back extension would aggravate because then it puts pressure and cuts off those nerves. You know, it really, really squeezes those nerve roots, which in turn affect the nerves and, and control. So, okay, so you want someone, you want a physical therapist that has multiple backgrounds or a chiropractor, either one. Um... I would say this, from my experience, I'm not saying all of them, folks, all right, so don't get me wrong here, but it seems that the majority of chiropractors crack backs and that's all they, they do, and here's the deal, when you do a spinal manipulation, it's highly effective for uh, various types of conditions and pain and compression, absolutely, because you know what, I also do manipulations, all right, me and the doc both do them, because they work, research backs it up, however, what I've seen is most of them, where's the program with it? In other words, what are you doing to change the dysfunctional movement pattern, which is feeding into the problem? And that's why it goes from, you know, something acute, right? Just starting out to freaking chronic where it's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, their whole lives. It just doesn't make sense to me. All right. And, uh, I'll leave it at that. Now, as far as physical therapists, let me tell you something. We've been doing this for a long time. I'm going to be honest with you, folks, the majority from what we've seen out there, they're not doing what they're supposed to do that we learned in school. Okay. They're taking a lot of shortcuts. Now, part of it is because of the whole insurance reimbursement that, um, there really isn't a lot of time to work with anyone because of the documentation. And then on top of that, you know, you, you, they call it, you know, handing off to a rehab tech. Here we go again. Are all rehab techs the same? Are all rehab techs trained the same way? So you can give them the best program for your client, but what is the level? And then on top of that, when when me and the doc work with people, we're reassessing, we're analyzing on the spot every second, every minute, which is one of the concepts with, with pediatrics where you have to because there's so many changes that are going on in, in a short amount of time. And, uh, you know, we talk about how the parents, uh, you know, the moms, they do this where they, they call it multitasking, but, you know, it could be cooking, cleaning, everything. And then they're, they're looking at watching their children for their well-being and they're doing reassessments. They're doing reassessments every second, every minute. And then they're changing the approach. They're changing the intervention, whatever the kid needs based on what's in front of them. That's a very high level of doing things. How do we know? Well, 
the doc knows because he was a pro athlete and he had 10 people doing this for him every day when he was on the ice. All right. So anyway, folks, you need someone with a neurological background. I would say uh, pediatrics is a good start, but it needs to be more than that. You need someone who also is a strength conditioning specialist through the uh, National Strength Conditioning Association. Um, It would also help if they're functional movement um, certified in the functional movement screen and then the uh, selective uh, functional movement assessment, which is the diagnostics component of that screening tool. And, uh, you know, the doc is very, uh, you know, he does this with every single client, every team, every group. You know, this needs to be done on a regular basis, not every six to eight weeks. And fortunately, you know, in our field, it's changed where, you know, that's what insurance wants, you know, every and depending, it could be four to eight weeks, but they want a reevaluation. Well, how how effective would would we all be if we were doing reevaluations every every second, every minute and then changing it on the spot? You know what I mean? So uh, all right, I'm going to throw you over back to Doc. All right. All right, folks. So, you know, at this point. Um, Uncle Paulie touched on a lot of what we all would need out there to get the results that we want, this permanent transformation. And you really need someone who also, with, with besides all the um, certifications and license that he's spoken about, um, they need to live it. So uh, I know for myself, and I share this, you know, I had that slippage in the spine where most people would need, um, severe complex spinal surgery, uh, with a metal cage, possibly fusion. I mean, it goes on and on and I would have never been the same. And I healed with all of, with, without any of that holistically. And it was with this, I call it a neurogenic approach, um, that results in a permanent transformation. And folks, you know, there's a lot out there. I mean, there are many analgesics. So give me an example. Uh, CBD oil is an analgesic. Is it effective? You know, eh. Is it research-based? You might feel a little better. Um, things like, uh, you know, icy hot. Um, now, here's a difference. So BioFreeze is the blue-green stuff. It actually has aloe in it. So there are tremendous healing properties there. Now, is it going to heal you? No. But I would say it's a good start and, um, you know, it definitely works. I've tried many analgesics out there and there's nothing that's come close. So if you're going to put something called a topical analgesic, so on your skin, um, believe it or not, uh, ice works tremendously well for many conditions, um, as a whole, uh, heat, uh, and I've been asked this all the time, uh, would be more, would be indicated more for, you know, muscle soreness, but also types, various types of arthritis where it's more of a dull aching type of deal where, you know, in the morning, here's a classic sign for, um, arthritis where upon waking, you know, you move very stiff. It's hard to move. Then as the day goes on, you start moving better. And then at the end of the day, you kind of go back to where you started from in the morning. So, um, there's definitely research to back up Epsom salt baths, which have been around for a very long time. And now there's research to back it up and they do work. So I would say from an arthritic point of view, without neurological involvement, you know, without any shooting pains or, um, you know, anything where, you know, nerves are being shut off, um, I think would be a good, 
uh, practice to help with things. But here, here's the bottom line. First of all, you have to get an accurate diagnosis. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. I had a young lady who came to see me when I was in San Diego at my office. Uh, I had an office on top of a gym, so it was really convenient for customers. And uh, her mom was a nurse, and uh, I think she was 16 at the time. So in short, before I even saw her, the mom said she was diagnosed with uh, bilateral carpal tunnel syndrome at 16, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. And... Uh, they wanted to shoot her up with cortisone and then, of course, do surgery. And, and here's the truth about it, folks. Carpal tunnel surgery is about 50% effective because that tunnel is that small that the majority of the time, or half the time, the scar tissue will grow back and cause the same problem, which is compression on the nerves that supply the hand um, <laughs> that you start out with. So um, anyway, four MDs, four MDs in San Diego said the same thing. So, she came over, very pleasant, and I did my testing, um, and I got to her spine and uh, checked her upper neck area. It was a little bit congested, and I just did, all I did was testing, and all of a sudden she's like, "Um, Dr. Dennis, I got feeling back in my hands, and I can make a fist, and I have strength again. And by the way, she was working at Jamba Juice, so she couldn't even work anymore because she couldn't lift anything. Uh, which is horrible at that age. I mean, it's just not acceptable, but that's what was out there. So it literally was a misdiagnosis. So the diagnosis was she had partial compression on some of the nerve roots in the upper spine, in the neck area. And it was very easy to relieve that with decompression. I mean, this is really not rocket science, however it is, because it could be very complex if if you don't know what you're doing. Anyway, so day one, she went from you know, not being able to make a fist, um, just like horrible pain in both wrists, uh, not really, really being able to do anything, even running hurt her. And, uh, within one session, she was a hundred percent asymptomatic. So we did strength conditioning for three months. And, uh, this is now, I think it's five years later. I know she got married two years ago, never, ever, ever came back. So it starts with the diagnosis, and if you make a mistake there, whew, you know, God help you, but this is why, that's the difference, see, that's the difference between, and they may have, they probably had higher, um, higher uh, licenses than I did, but they didn't have a higher level of proficiency, experience, and accuracy, so... You know, and I'm not bragging, but I had great mentors and I paid attention. Me and uh, myself and Uncle Paulie, we're very blessed. I mean, the level, we, we always say this, the level of, you know, Jack LaLanne, which, who was like the founder of health and fitness, um, you know, Bruce Lee in martial arts, like one of the highest levels of, of you know, mixed self-defense and just the highest level. So, Folks, you know, you have a choice out there, but you have to do your research and pain is not pain. And even if you are diagnosed with something and here's the other thing, folks, you know, x-rays only show so much, primarily bones. Okay. And alignment. So can you see soft tissue damage in an x-ray? Not really. How effective are MRIs? Well, the research shows 70, 75%. So it's not a hundred percent. And, uh, here's, here's one thing I also learned. 
you can have a diagnosis, okay, but you can be asymptomatic. So does that mean that there isn't a problem? Well, hmm. Now, if there isn't pain present, people think there isn't a problem. But how is your movement compared normal to abnormal? So how do you know what normal is? Well, that's where the training comes in. That's where the specialization comes in. And here's a great thing, folks. Myself and Paulie live it. Uncle Paulie live it. We've had the injuries. We don't have the same results as everyone else because we made a change because we met amazing people and we met, we met an amazing neurologist that made us think for a second and evaluate the results of what we had been doing for 30 years. You know, and, and here's, the, here's, the other, here's the huge part of this, folks. You know, there's another, another gentleman that I speak to. Uh, he, was, he was in the Air Force. I think he's in his 80s now. He won't tell me his age. And, I mean, whatever. That's his thing. You know, he limps around and he said they did, um, he, did he had hip sur- surgery and... Uh, I guess they hit the uh, femoral nerve, which is why, you know, he has trouble walking. But he's not willing to make a change. And here, here's the sad part of this. And it makes me sad. I'm not angry. But the specialist that he's seen, I don't know how many it's been. He said hundreds. I don't think it's hundreds, maybe 10. Have all said the same thing where they said there's nothing that could be done. That's sad. Because if, he's, if he is able to stand and walk, he can improve many facets of his overall functioning and health and mobility today. But this is where I've learned, you know, and I say this, you know, you can uh, lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And my goal since the beginning of my career when I started, you know, teaching ice skating at 16, 17, is you teach a man or woman how to fish and they fish for their lifetimes. In other words, they become independent and they can fend for themselves. What's out there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it between doctors, most chiropractors, therapists, and trainers, and most people in the health field are get, giving people a fish. They're saying, okay, here, take this, and then come back again, and here's another one, and then when you need it again, come back again. I mean, that's a low level of doing things, folks, and it's a disservice to people. When you're not educating them, why do we? Why does college cost so much money? Because you're getting specialized education to eventually get a license, so that you can you can service at a high level and live a decent life where you're giving back. I mean, even pastors go to school, you know. And and we're talking about this where just because is one pastor the same as the other? Just because they have the same title? It's ridiculous, right? Like you have a doctorate in theology. Are they all the same? No, no. So we need to wake up, folks. You know, uh, you know, Apple A is not equivalent to Apple B. Or Apple A is not equivalent to Apple C. Just because they're all apples, they're not the same. So we need to differentiate what's out there. And you might say, Dennis, you're being very detailed. Yes, because that's what it takes to make a change when we have pain, which we didn't even get into the emotional, mental component and contributors to pain. We'll talk about that. Actually, you know what? I'm going to set that. What do you think, Uncle Paulie? Yeah, let's do that for the next uh, the next podcast over here. We're going to talk about the mental and emotional components and contributors to uh, pain. But we'll talk about that uh, again. Go ahead, Doc. You're almost done here. Yeah, folks. So, you know, we're very passionate about this and... When you're able to have a comprehensive approach 
Um, the results then are not the norm. And the good thing is that they become a permanent transformation. Now we're going to talk about Christianity. How many of us have been Christians most of our lives? Okay. How many of us have read the Bible many times? Okay. So my question is, you may have read the whole Bible many times. Does that mean you know how to teach that you're going to be a pastor now? It's kind of a silly question, but so as Christians, just because we've been Christians for a long time, and I know for myself, I don't, I can't even count how many churches I've been to, but I don't know everything. And here's the crazy part of this. The Bible is the living word. That means it changes every time you read it. It changes you. You transform. You become, you know, everybody nowadays, oh, I want to live my best life. Yeah. The more you embrace God, the more you embrace Jesus, the more you embrace the Bible, the more you will become who you're supposed to be in God's eyes, not the world's eyes. See, that's the difference here. Okay. And I feel very fortunate. And I know with Uncle Paulie, we attended, um, it's called Church Alive in uh, Lynnhurst, New Jersey. So um, pretty close to Newark. And uh, it's a little bit of a hike. You know, it's about an hour and 10 minutes or so. Um, It's been very positive so far. You know, we both went twice. Uh, People seem authentic. And uh, it's a very um, nurturing environment. And we had the opportunity to go into the men's group uh, Wednesday night. And um, that was definitely, for the most part, very positive. And uh, I can see how the way things are laid out by uh, Pastor Anthony that... um, this is uh, this is something that is going to result in a positive transformation uh, for everybody going. So, you know, that's what we have to focus on, folks. It's never over. You know what I mean? Like, when we played hockey, it was three 20-minute periods. Okay. But does that mean that hockey is done, you know, let's say in a whole season? No, it was done for that game. So the game of life goes on forever. So we're always changing. And if we're not open to that, we're not going to move forwards. That's the bottom line. So there's a lot of people that preach a good game and hey, I know that something I need to work on is, uh, you know, I get impatient at times and frustrated and uh, sometimes my mouth, you know, the New York comes out and it's things I have to work on and I know God forgives me and uh, that's the important thing. Now, you know, does that mean that I still shouldn't try to make a change? No, that means I need to pray more, I need to get in the word more and I need to help develop... um, again, this, uh, camaraderie with, with people, especially other Christians who are living it. All right, Uncle Paulie, you're up. All right, folks, you know, I'm not going to add anything to that because he just said it all. You know, we're all a work in progress, but here's the caveat to that. If you don't want to put the work in, if you truly don't want to change, then you know what? Don't, don't complain if you're not getting different results. You know what I mean? Everybody talks about being authentic. They don't really want, they don't really want the truth because the truth sometimes is not very pleasant. <clears throat> you know, here's the bottom line. Without God, we're done. Okay. We were done a long time ago and I am preaching now, you know, Jesus died. I, I you know, I, when I think about this, sometimes it, I still can't put it together, which is why they call it supernatural love. I don't have children, but if I had a son, only one son, any, actually if I had five or 10, whatever, but one, and you knew that when he was born, he was going to sacrifice his life and be tortured beyond any words can, can, you know, describe for the world 
who are, for the most part, not very nice people, he's going to die for them as a sacrifice so that they can be forgiven and that they wouldn't be predestined to, uh, to go to hell. So, wow. When I think about that, you know, when Easter comes around, which is, you know, a couple months, you think about Good Friday, the torture, the, the just the torture that he went through for us. And uh, I want to say this, folks, and I always say this, you know, whenever you think alone, you're never alone. Okay. God is always with you. He's holding you by your right hand. He's wrapping his huge arms around you. And even when you feel at your worst, that's when he's there. And I love that Footprints uh, poem where it says, or, uh, you know, little story where it says, uh, the guy kind of says to Jesus, you know, hey, where were you? Where were you when I was struggling? When I was hurting? Where were you? There was only one set of footprints then. And this was, you know, footprints uh, in the sand. And he said, now I'm getting emotional. He said, son, there was only one set of footprints because I was carrying you. I'm going to leave you with that, folks. This is Uncle Paulie and Dr. Dennis. Thank you for uh, spending time with us today on our podcast. We are here to provide hope, inspiration, encouragement, and specialized knowledge that, so that you can optimize your level of performance in your life. God bless. Talk to you soon.